When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know that Black and White Sports is the largest independently owned conservative sports brand in the world? We have over 125,000 subscribers on YouTube and over 39 million views. Our episodes get more views than most ESPN programming every single day. And now we have exploded on podcast. We brought our episodes to podcast for you to enjoy at work, school, in the car, on the beach, wherever you choose to consume our audio. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. Subscribe now. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, mop fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today. Friends, let's face it. The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who are observant have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared? Do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company, and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four-week emergency food kit, which will keep you well-fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks, totaling over 2,000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com and claim your four-week emergency food kit. You'll save 25% if you act now. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for our Black and White Live. Oh, we're going to talk about Brian Kelly getting hired by LSU because he gave sort of a 
LSU address last night at a basketball game, and something hilarious came out of it. Uh, at this point, it seems college football head coaches like this whole move around. There's a just there's a almost a theatrical flair to it at this point uh, because something very interesting happened with Brian Kelly when he was given this address last night, and I was like, I saw this, I watched the video, and I was like, what? Where where did that come from? Um, look, Brian Kelly is sort of a Northeast guy. Okay, uh, he coached at uh, he coached at uh, Cincinnati, and then he went to Notre Dame. By the way, all the Notre Dame people that that are bent out of shape about how he did Notre Dame and all this, it's exactly how he did Cincinnati when he left for you guys. Okay, so. That's just sort of what college football is. I'm not pissed off at Brian Kelly about that at all. I also will not question Brian Kelly's ability to literally coach X's and O's. No 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 doubt about it. He is he is top of the line when it comes to that. I, I think he's gonna he can coach X X's and O's fine. However, however, there's no more important place, I can tell you right now, being from, I'm in rural, rural East Texas, um, an hour and a half from Shreveport, Texas. Um, I know all about, we all, there's a Southern culture to everything, okay? And he could very well have an issue when it comes to walking in the homes, setting down to recruit uh, players. I mean, that could be a real obstacle for him, okay? Uh, there's just a certain way uh, at times that we can take Northerners, okay? And um, I'm not saying that's good, bad, whatever. I'm just telling you a reality of it, okay? Plain and simple. Plain and simple. And I think, now it's weird, I don't have that with Lincoln Riley at all. Even though he's from Lubbock and... and uh, he was at Oklahoma, and he's going to the West Coast. Lincoln Riley's young, and he seems like he's got some swag to him. And um, he's got a high-flying offense to bring with him. And he's sort of, you know, part of that air raid, whatever. I mean, he's already flipping recruits out of uh, Oklahoma. Got a five-star quarterback. USC is going to be just fine. I love that hire. But Brian Kelly... I'm worried about it. I am worried about that from the standpoint of, and I hope he does great, but I do believe recruiting is going to end up being some kind of an issue. Well, let's look at this because this is pretty nuts. Brian Kelly appears to use a Southern accent in his LSU address. It's like, wait, what? Brian Kelly took his talents from South Bend. I see what you did there and immediately appeared to develop a southern accent. The new LSU head coach stepped on the court with a microphone at the Tigers basketball game on Wednesday and spoke with a southern twang that everyone on the Internet finds hilarious. Quote, this is a great way to get started, and I haven't even won all my games yet. Kelly told LSU fans, it's a great night to be a Tiger. And I'm here with my family, and we are so excited to be in the great state of Louisiana. And I am going to play this audio for you. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Well, this is a great way to get started. And I haven't even won all my games yet. 
It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family, and we are so excited to be in the great state of Louisiana, but more importantly, to be with you great fans. The word family was particularly exaggerated, and the sleuths have already figured out that he said the word very differently while uh, completing his Irish exit. Earlier this week, addressing the former Notre Dame players, Kelly already had been ridiculed nationally this week for the way he left Notre Dame. The team is still in the mix for a national title. That does make this so fascinating. That, that that technically speaking, Notre Dame is still in the playoff hunt. It's a very, very minute chance. But for a coach to get up and just walk out when your team still has a very outside shot to get in the playoff? Interesting. The news broke while his assistant was leaving a recruit's house. His awkward four-minute speech to his former team at 7 a.m. was promptly leaked. In the high stakes of top-level college football, all that really matters for Kelly is if he wins football games at LSU. If he does that, no one will care about his uh, naked insincerity. But his last three predecessors, Ed Orgeron, Les Miles, and Nick Saban, all won national titles at LSU. So he's going to be graded on a lofty curve. And look, Ed Orgeron was culturally... Really, really good as a as a uh, as a coach at LSU. Okay, far as connecting with players and such, but you still had a bit of an X's and O's issue with Coach O, and he had some things on a personal level that caused a fracture there, including involving LSU. I mean, I did a video on the main channel on some of the stuff he had gotten into, and it was like, whoa, whoa, when Coach O and his ex-wife divorced. The wheels fell off, okay? Uh, He had some kind of a midlife crisis, it seems, uh, which is crazy, but he did after he won the national title. Or even during that, I think, he was already kind of having an issue. Um, And that's why Brian Kelly is, is now at LSU. Nobody doubts Brian Kelly's talents. Brian Kelly really and truly acts a lot like an NFL coach, okay? he's He can coach at that level. Make no mistake, that's not the issue. And like I said, it's theatrics. I mean, you leave South Bend, you go to LSU, and all of a sudden you're talking like Boss Hog. How does that happen exactly? I mean, I was waiting for John Schneider and Tom Wolpath to jump over the General Lee while he was out there, okay? And I mean, that I'm laughing, but that's part of it. Now, I'll give Brian Kelly some credit. He's fully aware of how he, if he's this aware of how he needs to try to be, great. Except we can spot and smell insincerity a mile away in the South. Okay, if we think you're fake, you ain't got a chance. Okay, you just do not have a chance. I say it's the one thing in all of sports where culture actually truly has to fit if you're in pro ball here in the south it doesn't matter we don't give a damn where you're from but when it comes to our college football and walking in to recruit these kids you bet it matters a ton to the families the parents 
Okay, can he go head-to-head X's and O's with Nick Saban? Absolutely. But is he going to be able to recruit like Tricky Nicky? Mm, I'm not so sure about that. And I find that video, him him turning in the boss hog all of a sudden, I mean, shit. I, I, it's like, where did Roscoe P. Coltrane come from all of a sudden? I mean, it's just hilarious. It doesn't make any sense. But we're talking a ton of money. He was getting paid 2.7 mil by Notre Dame, which, to be honest with you, the Pac-12 has a real problem with not paying their coaches enough. And look, 2.7 Notre Dame is not enough. By the way, they promoted from within. Okay? He knew winning a national title at Notre Dame was going to be tough because of the academic standards. So he went to LSU. Don't blame him. Don't blame him there. He could very well win a national title if, if he can land the recruits. That's all this is about. Uh, Look, I'm rooting for him. Even though I tend to pull for Alabama, I'm not an Alabama fan, but I tend to pull for him because I like Nick Saban. But um, LSU being competitive is great for college football as a whole. So I want him to have some real success there. I really do. I mean, that's really interesting. Brian Kelly being successful at LSU, that is interesting, and I root for interesting. Tell me what you think, Black and White Live fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. I'm back. Rodrance for the Black and White Network. We're going to talk about Herschel Walker and Donald Trump, President Trump. That's right. As Herschel is out there on the trail, campaign trail, to get in the Georgia Senate. He's in the race. Uh, Of course, he's running against Raphael Warnock, socialist Democrat. And uh, he had a sort of a function the other day. And uh, President Trump was there. And President Trump uh, decided to give us a little bit of a glimpse or some insight because we all want to know, hey, is President Trump going to run in 2024? Uh, I had heard that, uh, you know, he was weighing some things, wanted to see how the uh, 2022 elections came out. And, of course, there's the whole issue of making sure that some states make some corrections involving voting. And for the most part, several states have. Okay, he also wants to see, hey, who's the governor in what state now? Etc. Etc. Understandable. In case anything uh, irregular goes on, let's just put it that way, somebody might actually be willing to look into it. Well, let's get to this because uh, Trump did go ahead and tease a 2024 presidential run. This is from, of all places, TMZ. TMZ Sports, uh, of all things. It sure sounds like Donald Trump is gearing up for another run at the White House because he pretty much announced it while campaigning for his longtime friend, Herschel Walker, on Wednesday. Number 45 was front and center at the former football star and Senate hopefuls event at Mar-Largo. And after Walker introduced him as the greatest president to ever, ever hold office, 
Trump gave a room full of supporters music to their ears. Quote, I say I ran twice, Trump said. We won the first time. We won the second time by more. We did much better the second time, and I think you'll be happy with what we're going to say about the third time. The crowd ate it up, and with even some yelling, we miss you, Donald, and you got to run again. Of course, Walker has been tight with Trump since the United States Football League days, the USFL. He even landed a spot on the President's Council on Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition during Donald's first term, a role he still holds under the Biden administration. Now that Walker is running to become a Republican, become the Republican nomination in the 2022 Senate race, it was time for Trump to back his guy. Quote, he's a man of tremendous integrity, Trump said. Mentioning Walker knows what it's like to be on a, quote, winning team. And it goes on to talk about, by the way, and this is interesting for you guys that will come over from black and white sports. Ex-NFLers Mike and Maurice Pouncey was there. That's right. The, the offensive linemen that just retired from the NFL. Trump even pulled a, uh, out some of his go-to jabs during his speech, calling out Joe Biden and his handling of the Wuhan virus. And, of course, they go on to say some things never change. And, good God, we hope not when it comes to Trump. So, that's where we stand. He he did peel back the curtain and did just blatantly come out and say for a third time. I think we all know what we think he's going to do. Uh, people that have been around him believe he's going to run. Uh, some miscellaneous guy was on Fox News the other day, and he said he did not think he would run. I don't know. Again, uh, he's trying to see what happens in the 2022 races in these various states. Because, look, we're going to have some battleground races that are probably going to flip red. In fact, I think we're all expecting a red wave after what we saw with a near victory in New Jersey and a flat victory in Virginia, which went from blue to red. And when that happens, it's going to make things much more favorably for an outcome for Trump. We know Herschel Walker's campaigning. We'd really like to see him pull out that win against Raphael Warnock. And by the way, Stacey Abrams is going to be running for governor in Georgia again. Yikes. She has a couple of different voting organizations out there that they have investigated in the past. So I'm not sure how she's going to overcome that on a local media level, but we know the media will probably cover for Abrams. We know how this works, right? Uh, so that's Trump saying probably going to happen. Probably going to happen. Uh, I think we're all waiting. We all know if he doesn't, uh, then more than likely Florida's Ron DeSantis will step up. Uh, we assume that anyway. We're hopeful of that if for some reason Trump doesn't run. Tell me what you think, black and white network fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time.
Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for our black and white sports. Well, now that Mike Edwards and Antonio Brown have been exposed for their fake vaccine cards. By the way, Antonio Brown, like I said in the last video that will be released before this video, he got the jab. He got the jab. Oh, my God. Oh, all that bullshit, fake outrage media crap. And now we got Bruce Arians, who, because he's lost two players, which is ridiculous, I get that, but he's pretty tiffed. Maybe he didn't get his case of beer that last night when all this uh, dropped, <laughs> this news dropped. But, you know, that's neither here nor there, allegedly. Anyway, Bruce Arians is pissed, and he wants the entire NFL to be blown up over this. Everybody needs to be scrutinized now. And he does. I got to be honest with you. He does insinuate he believes there's a problem league-wide with fake vaccine cards. Well, we're going to get to this. Uh, Bruce Aarons, if you're watching, hey, sit back and pop a cold one. Let's get to it. Yeah, so uh, Bruce Arians hopes NFL will investigate all teams for fake vaccination cards. If Buccaneers receiver Antonio Brown had simply paid the money he allegedly owed to his former live-in chef, we could all be so lucky, no one would know that Brown had a fake vaccination card and neither Brown nor the Buccaneers' safety, Mike Edwards, damn good safety, by the way, uh, would currently be suspended for three games each. But now we know it happened, and we knew if it have happened, given the clear temptation for players who would want to be unvaccinated, but who would want to be treated like they are vaccinated to procure fake vaccination cards. Say that five times. Who wrote this? Florio? Yep. We also should know that it is possibly, it possibly has happened with other teams. More specifically, the league should know it, and the league should do something about it. Oh, Mike Florio, that clown. Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians wants that to happen. Quote, I just hope they don't stop looking. Arians told reporters on Friday, asked whether this means that there are other issues throughout the league. Arians had a one-word answer. Quote, maybe. Maybe is absolutely right, according to Mike Florio. The same temptation that existed in Tampa Bay existed in every other NFL city. The fact that the league found three players who misrepresented their status in Tampa Bay means that they should be looking for players elsewhere who did the same thing. Let's get that witch hunt on. On Thursday, the league told PFT that 80% of all vaccinated players received their shots at club facilities. As to the 20% of vaccinated players who got their shots elsewhere, the league asked teams, and this is ridiculous, folks, the leagues asked their teams the percentage of positive COVID tests among players, whether or not it was any different than the percentage of positive COVID tests among players who were vaccinated at club facilities. Per the league, it learned via this exercise there was no difference. Imagine that. That's not the best way to find players who use fake vaccination cards. As one source with one of the teams pointed out to PFT, their logic is faulty. The whole damn thing is faulty. By the way, you can still get the thing whether you're vaccinated or not. I hear, allegedly, YouTube. 
They are using the fact that the percentages are the same as proof that fake cards don't exist. There are plenty of players who haven't gotten COVID who may have fake cards. Also, there is the sample size is going to be very small, assuming 100% of vaccination of a 53-man roster and 80% of those players were vaccinated on site. That's 10.6 players on average. You literally did the math, Florio, who were vaccinated off-site. In Tampa, roughly 20% of the players were vaccinated off-site and had fake cards. That's enough of a rate, fake cards in Tampa, to compel the league to review the cards in every other city, every other team. Let's get it going. My God. Three-game suspensions for every player who submitted a fake card. While this situation may be enough to scare players with vaccination cards, fake vaccination cards, into getting vaccinated, it doesn't change the fact that they use fake vaccination cards and that they behaved as if they were vaccinated for months. Getting vaccinated now doesn't make a fake card tendered in July real. If they did, they did. The only way to figure it out is to perform the same review elsewhere as they did in Tampa. It sounds like they won't. It sounds like they don't want to. If the situation in Tampa is representative of trends elsewhere, they'll eventually find a total of 96 total fake vaccination cards. Florio did that math, too. <laughs> Son of a bitch. With 64 of them belonging to players currently on teams. That possibility seems sufficiently significant to require something more than just coming up with flawed statistical analysis based on positive results that has no relevance to fake cards. Uh, once again, whether you got the thing or not, you, in theory, can still pass it among, in between, and all that stuff, you know. But that none of that, none of that was talked about by Florio in this at all. So, we got Bruce Arians triggered. He now wants them to completely go across the entire league. And for the sake of fairness, they probably should. But you got Florio. The media is going to start pushing it because now they want a... We went from the John Gruden scandal. The NFL looks like hell. We went from the John Gruden scandal now to the Aaron Rodgers thing. And now we're on to Antonio Brown. And it may blow the league, uh, the, the entire roof off the entire league of these fake vaccination cards. Which, by the way... Remember, Jason Whitlock brought this up like six weeks ago that this could be a thing in the NFL. That he was told by a player this was a thing in the NFL. My God. I mean, it's ridiculous. All this, and look, again, we don't care if you get the jab or not. It's up to you. That's your choice. But the point is, this is all about overreaction. It's all about outrage. Bruce Arians pissed because... He's got a competitive imbalance that he probably believes is total bullshit. And I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Once again, you're talking about elite world-class athletes out there. I mean, in the top, what, point, uh 1% of athletics? I mean, they're not going to get, you know, knocked on their ass from this thing in all highly probable likelihood right so that's why it's all sort of just it's a circus is what it is tell me what you think black and white sports fans yeah bruce arians pop a cold one set back 
And uh, run the playlist on black and white sports, why don't you? Peace, I'm out. Till next time, he likes beer. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. Well, it's amazing how many assholes think they're a doctor these days. Stephen A. Smith has decided to go out there, and he has went berserk, much in the same way he did with Aaron Rodgers, over Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown just got three games of suspension for, quote-unquote, misleading about his vaccination status. By the way, I believe he's actually vaccinated, if I read this article right. Uh, But he initially had, I guess, a a vaccine card that wasn't, quote-unquote, approved by the NFL. If you want to say fake, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Once again, if you decide to get the vaccine, that's great. If you decide not to, that's up to you, you and your doctors. Personal choice and all. Let's get to Stephen A. Smith, who's losing his ever-loving mind over something that, you know, to me, I've said this about Aaron Rodgers. Not sure it's anybody's business, you know, but uh, the NFL has chosen to make it everybody's business. And, of course, this kind of thing now gets out. The NFL suspended Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown three games for misrepresenting his vaccination status. But according to ESPN's Stephen A. Smith, it should have been more, damn it. Brown was accused by his former personal chef of obtaining a fake vaccine card to avoid NFL protocols this season. The wide receiver denied the claim at first, but has since waived his right to appeal a suspension handed down by the NFL. Quote, there's not even a rule in the NFL prohibiting you as a player from playing if you're not vaccinated. Smith noted Friday morning on first take. What it says is that you have to go through additional safety protocols that could be a bit more arduous. Come on, a bit more arduous? It's ridiculous. But you don't have to get vaccinated in order to play. And still, still, you lied. Smith ranted. He might be vaccinated now, but the fact of the matter is you wouldn't be suspended if you were vaccinated at the time that the NFL was investigating the matter. According to the reports, after using a fake vaccine card, Brown ultimately decided to get the jab before the start of the damn season. Come on, folks. Quote, they found that Antonio Brown lied. Smith continued of the NFL's investigation, just like Aaron Rodgers. I'm immunized as opposed to being vaccinated when you were deliberately deceitful. You lied in caps, by the way. Prior to the start of the NFL season, unvaccinated players such as Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson, and Carson Wentz were publicly chastised for touting their vaccine hesitancy. And you guys wonder why they don't want to talk about this shit out loud. Yeah, the media hammered all three players. But the criticism waned quickly. No, it didn't. We made videos for five weeks about the media hammering their asses. Five weeks. Stop it. But the criticism waned quickly, whereas the vaccine status of Rodgers and Brown morphed into much larger stories because of their deceit. Rodgers lied to the media about getting immunized, 
But the Green Bay Packers were aware their quarterback was unvaccinated. Brown's fake vaccination card put his teammates in harm's way. These brothers vouch for you, man. Smith said of Brown's teammates in there, and all it would have been was an inconvenience for you. But rather than simply being honest to ensure your availability, you chose to go this route. Your ass is lucky you got three games. It should have been more. By the way, does any of us really believe that the other Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't know this ahead of time? That they didn't know that at one point Antonio Brown had a, a vaccine card that might not have been on the up and up? I mean, let's be real. How many players in the league are probably doing the same damn thing? I mean, come on. And a lot of it is because, I mean, at this point, when you put all those safety protocols and all these measures in front of these players, on top of it, the thing is still spreading. If you have the thing, if you know what I mean, they're sitting back going, really? I mean, certain things do become out of spite, okay? I'm just being real. It's becoming out of spite. And and again, some people would believe, like me, that this kind of thing ain't Ain't, ain't anybody's business to begin with. None of it. None of it. Okay? We're not talking about uh, Antonio Brown pulled a hammy, okay, when he was lined up in the slot, okay? And he's going to be out for that. We're talking about somebody in their vaccination status in this country? What the hell? And then you got media members like Stephen A. Smith. Let's just be honest. How much of this fake outrage is a bunch of crap? All right, a bunch of crap, a bunch of virtue signaling. I work for ESPN. I need to show exactly how outraged I am over something that doesn't affect Stephen A. Smith in the least. It's ridiculous. It's all about, this is all about Stephen A. Smith eventually trying to make it to late night television. And we know how you have to be to get on late night television. Stephen Colbert was dancing around with a bunch of people dressed up like syringes? I mean, that's the kind of lunacy you're dealing with with these media members. I mean, come on. Once again, Florio, 78 articles about Aaron Rodgers. It's pathetic. A bunch of fake outrage. Stephen A. Smith ain't no more bent out of shape about Antonio Brown than nothing. That's a damn charade, a damn put-on. I don't believe that for a second. And if he does believe that, well, you're a damn moron. Come on. I mean, really? You're that bent out of shape because you think he used it? By the way, got vaccinated before the start of the season. That's the other thing. Got got the jab before the start of the season. But I'm still outraged. What? Oh, Jesus. Tell me what you think, black and white live fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, ever since the pandemic began, When it relates to sports, sports leagues have implemented certain protocols that the players must abide by, whether or not they actually got the jab. Now, we've seen what actually went on in the NBA. You see some players wearing masks, others are not. Same with the NFL. If a player 
does not have the jab and he's on the sideline. He's actually and he's on the sideline. I should say he's actually wearing a mask. However, I just saw something that was really, really strange and it kind of puzzled me. And I wasn't the only one that felt that way. Me and LeBron James actually actually agree with something. Can you guys believe that? This is absolutely crazy, guys. Now, you guys know that uh, his son, Bronny James, plays basketball in the People's Republic of California. And he's a high recruit out there. He's getting recruited by schools and everything like that. However, LeBron James, who is now going to be playing to tonight, I believe, because he actually came up with two negative tests. So I don't know if he had the virus or not. Weird stuff right there, but I digress. He actually attended his son's basketball game. And this is crazy, folks. His son and his teammates were actually wearing masks while they were actually playing the game. I'm not making this up. And not only that, they had the mask on, but it wasn't even covering their face. It wasn't covering their their mouth or their nose. None of that. It was completely ridiculous. As to why they were wearing masks. Now, apparently, you know, all you have to do is just abide by the rules and then you're good. But it's absolutely ridiculous that they were wearing the mask underneath their chin. And LeBron James thinks it's stupid, too. Let's go over here to Fox News here. LeBron James, zero cents for high school basketball players to wear to to have masks under chins. And we got the video to prove it, folks. LeBron James is arguably one of the top three basketball players of all time and has one of the smartest basketball IQs of anyone who has ever stepped onto the floor. On Thursday night, there was something that perplexed the Los Angeles Lakers superstar as he geared up to return to NBA action following a COVID scare of his own. He couldn't understand why players on his son's on his son Bronny's high school basketball team were wearing face masks under their chins instead of over their nose and mouth. Now, I've been out there to the grocery store. I've seen people, you know, do the exact same thing. Why are you wearing a mask beneath your chin? It's not going to protect you that way if you believe that the mask work. Now, I'm not making any any claims on masks or anything like that, whether they're working or not. I'm not saying that, but uh, you do what you want to do. But this is what LeBron James tweeted out. He tweeted out, I'm sorry, but I'm at my boy's game and the mask underneath the chin makes zero sense to me. I agree, LeBron. And it's pretty stupid here because Bronny's team is wearing a mask under their chin. You can see a person right there. I'm actually going to blow it up and play the clip here. But the opposing team isn't wearing a mask at all. Check, Check out this. It looks really, really stupid, guys. Check this out. So, so that was Bronny right there, one player right there with the mask beneath his chin. I don't get it. That's Bronny right there.
that's the clip right there. It, it's pretty ridiculous because the opposing team is not wearing masks at all. At all. But it says here, Bronny James is a top high school basketball prospect who plays for Sierra Canyon High School in Chatsworth, Florida. I mean, California, I'm sorry. The California Interscholastic Federation, CIF, followed guidance from the California Department of Public Health by wearing masks indoors in September. Okay. Quote on September 1st, 2021, the CDPH issued an update clarifying that the current education guidance requiring all individuals, adults and students to wear a mask indoors at a K through 12 school, regardless of vaccination status, does apply to extracurricular activities, including sports and sporting events sponsored by K through 12 schools. It further clarifies that this guidance also applies to student athletes while competing in an indoor sport. The CIF said the CIF said young athletes can skip wearing masks if the American Academy of Pediatrics decides that wearing one may pose a choking hazard. Competitive cheer, gymnastics, wrestling and indoor aquatics were among those sports. The California Department of Public Health touted mask wearing in its guidance this year to prevent the spread of COVID. Quote, masks are one of the most effective and simplest safety mitigation layers to prevent in-school transmission of COVID-19 infections and to support full-time in-person instruction in K-12 schools, the guidance read in part. James is set to play for the Lakers on Friday after his positive COVID-19 test turned out to be a false positive. So what do you guys think of it? This is pretty wild right here. I have not seen players actually, you know, wear masks on the court, but they're not required to put it over their nose and their mouth. It just defeats the purpose. I mean, I don't think that these guys should be wearing masks when they're playing anyway. And definitely, you know, not covering their mouth and um, their nose when they're playing, running up and down the court. You won't be able to breathe. LeBron is right. I hate to say it, but he's right on this. It makes zero sense. But. You decided to go to the People's Republic of California and play out there. You decided to send your son to a school in the People's Republic of California. This is what you get. It's idiocy. I agree with LeBron James. It makes no sense whatsoever. But these are the kind of people, you know, that LeBron uh, wants uh, people to vote for. So he got what he deserved. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into. Black and white sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for our black and white sports. We're going to talk about Zach Stacy, the ex NFL running back, played for the Rams, played for the Jets, played in the Alliance of American Football for the Memphis Express. Running back who we all saw on that video. 
uh, where he come out and he threw his ex-girlfriend into a TV, beat her down pretty good, real, real, um, man, it was a really, really violent, brutal act by Zach Stacy. Became huge news for about a week. And uh, she went out on Fox News, and she has spoken out against Zach. Uh, the judge granted him bail, even though she begged the judge not to. Um, I did go check the county. That was a Democratic county that, um, even though this was in Florida, it was a Democratic county where this case was uh, was going to. Uh, so let's get to that. She has come out. She's made some comments. She was on Fox News. And uh, because we want to keep you guys up to date on this, Kristen Evans, the ex-girlfriend of former NFL running back Zach Stacy, an alleged victim of the horrific uh, domestic incident, spoke out Thursday about the ordeal and what she's been going through. Evans appeared on America's Newsroom alongside her attorney, Thomas Federer, and told co-anchor Dana Perino she experienced incident like the one captured on on the released video before she also said that in this particular case, she was trying to quote deescalate the situation. There he is. There's his mugshot. A security video appeared to show Stacy, a five foot nine, 216 pound former NFL player toss Evans into a TV with their five month old child strapped to a baby bouncy seat. The TV falls on Evans and narrowly lands on the baby. After he was arrested in Orlando, Stacy's bomb was set at just $10,150. He was released from jail after posting bond and surrendering his passport. Evans said she was unable to be at the initial hearing. Quote, I think I was more concerned for my safety rather than the bail set. It was more of, a, of the sanctions that were not in place that I felt I wasn't safe. Evans told Perino in initial hearing, adding that she was also fearful of being retaliated against, essentially. At the second hearing on November 24th, Stacy's attorney, Thomas Luca, said the former running back planned to enter a mental health inpatient treatment center in Colorado starting de December 1, and he planned to live at his mother's home in Alabama between Thanksgiving and December 1. Orange County Circuit Judge Mark Blackman allowed Evans to be heard but said Stacy's bond would not be increased. However, he did modify one condition and was barred from the state of Florida unless he has court there. Like, like if he gets mad, that's going to stop him. Okay. Federer said Thursday that Stacy was given a five-year restraining order. Quote, Yes, we did have that hearing yesterday, and effectively, Zach Stacy was adjudicated to be domestically violent towards Kristen Evans. So that just an added layer of protection that we feel was beneficial for Kristen here is the victim or survivor of domestic violence. When we asked whether the law should be changed to help victims of domestic violence feel safer, Federer said he believed the law had already changed and cited the Marcy Act, or Marcy Law. I think they called that an act at one point. According to Ballotpedia, Marcy's Law provides crime victims, their families, and law, lawful representatives with specific rights, including the right to due process, to be treated with fairness and respect. 
the right to be free from intimidation, harassment, and abuse, a right, right to have the victim's welfare considered when setting bail, a right, right proceeding free from unreasonable delay, among others. Yeah, but when you set that kind of bail that low, I don't know how much you're taking that into account, it looks like. Fetter added, it was important for victims to have their voices heard and to be believed. Well, it's on video, so I don't know that she's going to have much problems actually proving this. Kristen Evans was a victim of a horrific violent act at the hands of an ex-NFL player. Even with that caught on video, her voice was effectively silenced, and she was not heard at the initial appearance. Quote, he was even allowed to be released before she had her day in court. Man, that's dangerous. Fortunately, that was remedied by the preceding judge, but we feel that's probably... That's a probably, and that may be part of the systematic problem with women, with why women and victims and survivors of domestic violence don't come forward. They need to know they can be respected and their voices will be heard. I think victims need to know they will be respected, and I think the word is getting out on Marcy's Law. If they don't feel, my page jumped on me, if they don't feel like they're getting the help and support they need from law enforcement community, they can now be re- reach out to private attorneys to file motions on their behalf. They do have standings in court now in Florida to file those kinds of motions, and we will ensure and fight to make sure they're believed and their stories and voices are heard. Stacy 30 is facing felony aggravated battery and criminal mischief charges and could face up to 15 years in prison and i i saw a lot of people when we started making these videos well this has got nothing to do with the nfl but unfortunately the nfl's got a specific track record when it comes to either current players or former players in the league um that are involved in incidents like this and i understand these happen all the time whether you're an nfl player or not uh but there should be some kind of uh Maybe a more stringent mental evaluation. Maybe as you go from team to team. Um, I don't know how they set that up. This is something, look, and the NFL could be more involved in these sort of things. Now, I understand in this specific case, he's an ex-NFL player. And the thing about it is, allegedly, I cannot imagine that something like, at least the aggression wasn't going on when he was playing in the league. Because these guys have a certain amount of aggression anyway, beyond a lot of normal, everyday walking around folks, right? A produce manager is not going to have the same aggression as a running back in the NFL. That's just sort of par for the course. Uh, So while I don't blame the NFL, the NFL could certainly be more public in how they try to either help these players or try to keep these incidents from happening. I mean, Greg Hardy, Ray Rice, very public incidents uh, of involving aggression. Ray Rice didn't make it back in the league, but Greg Hardy did. Jerry Jones brought him back in, uh, which is amazing, you know. Uh, and that's the other thing. The value on winning games is is placed at a, a higher level than morality. I mean, let's just be real. Uh, we see that all the time in the NFL, a lot of sports. Um I'd love to see that particular aspect in sports change. Plain and simple, right? Um, So that's where that stands. Evidently, until he goes into this mental health, and we're blaming everything on mental health now. Man, I'm just going to give you my two cents on that. 
he might have some problems like that, and that's great and all, but it's starting to feel like the mental health thing is a catch-all and an excuse, if I'm just being honest. Um, it's like, well, let me knock some chick's head off her shoulders. I was having a bad mental health day. Man, get out of here with that bullshit. I'm sorry. Uh, I, not a lot of sympathy here. None. None. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans. The title of this video, that is not a misprint. The thumbnail is not a misprint. History was made last night in the Marxist NBA of China. I'm absolutely shocked when I got up this morning looking for uh, news to put out, looking for content to put out. This is something I did not expect. However, the Memphis Grizzlies blow out the Oklahoma City Thunder by an NBA record 73 points. I'm going to say that again. OKC lost by an NBA record 73 points, and they demolished the previous record from 30 years ago, guys. So let's go ahead. Let's jump into this over on ESPN.com. Memphis Grizzlies set NBA record after beating Oklahoma City Thunder by 73 points. How in the world do you lose by 73 points in the NBA? This isn't college. This is the NBA, which is supposed to be the highest level of basketball in the world. It says here, the game was long decided and the Memphis starters were relegated to cheerleaders on the bench when John uh, Coulter got a steal, and headed to the basket. His right-handed dunk gave the Grizzlies a 145-67 lead over the Oklahoma City Thunder with 302 left and a new franchise record for points in a game. That 78-point advantage, they were up by 78 in this game, guys, was Memphis's biggest lead on Thursday night. But by the time it was over, the Grizzlies were still... Uh, had a 73-point lead. Wow. Their 152-79 win over the Thunder shattered the NBA record for the largest margin of victory. Quote, at that moment, I didn't know it was a franchise record. I just kind of saw the lane and ducked it. But it's awesome. The 73-point margin easily topped the previous mark, which was Cleveland's 68-point win, over Miami, the Cavaliers topped the Heat 148-80 to on December 17th, 1991, almost 30 years ago. How do you actually lose by this large of amount? I have no idea. Quote, Tonight's, tonight is not necessarily who we are, Thunder coach uh, Mark uh, Dagenault said. I think we've definitely shown that from a competitive standpoint, this isn't indicative of who our team is. Close quote. 
Well, obviously not, man, because this doesn't happen very often. This is a new NBA record. Memphis used 12 players and nine of them reached double figures in scoring. With uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s 27 points leading the way, Memphis was without his best player, injured guard, uh, Jay Morant. It was 72 to 36 at halftime, and the Grizzlies just kept adding to the league, eventually pushing ahead by as many as 78, the largest lead in any game since at least 1996-97. And let's look at this box score here, guys, because... How do you get beat by 73 points? You shoot 33% from the field, 29% from three. And they shot uh, 11 for 38 behind the arc talking about OKC. But this is the real kicker here, how you get how you actually give up 152 points. Check this out. The Memphis Grizzlies shot Almost 63% from the field and 53% from three. That is how you get blown out like that. This is absolutely embarrassing, guys. I can't believe that I'm actually making a video on this because I never anticipated a team getting annihilated like this. I mean, this was an absolute annihilation. I mean, Memphis had two quarters in this game where they scored 41 points in the fourth quarter. Almost also, They almost also, again, scored 40 points. They scored 39 points, which I'm pretty sure all of their starters probably end up sitting out the fourth quarter. But what do you guys think of this? NBA history made Oklahoma City Thunder blown out. Now, the Houston Rockets a week ago had the worst record in the NBA. However, they're on a four-game winning streak. But in that four-game winning streak, they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder twice. Wow. OKC may be the worst team in the NBA. Maybe they are. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this, black and white sports fans? 73-point win NBA record? Wow. This is stunning, guys. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.